Good morning again. Um, as we've looked to weave into the service this morning, uh, we're continuing our look at this gift called Sabbath rest. Um, if you're just joining us this week because of the summer, been in and out, um, we started this last week. So this is like a two-part look at Sabbath. In light of the times, the season, many of us are trying feverishly to take that vacation, to take a break, take a day off. But we fail to realize that we've been given a rest. And it's truly a gift from God, but one that we oftentimes aren't familiar with. So what I would like to do today, uh, again, if you didn't join us last week, I encourage you to go online to listen to our sister, uh, Lauren Kretzinger's message that she shared with us. I got the chance to sit here and interview her to hear her story, her learnings about Sabbath and her journey to give us what I thought would be a great picture, a nice vision. If you remember her just lighting up like a Christmas tree when she thinks about that taste of heaven that she's experienced. Today, I want to slow down and look at more of the mechanics and also another gift. Our sister Lauren mentioned a mini Sabbath. I want to take some time to slow down and break that down and even have us participate in one. So my desire is that today's time be interactive. All right, I don't know if you got questions from our time last week or even through the week in your home groups. Our home group had an awesome time. Some real good, rich conversation, questions and examples. Well, I would love for that to happen for us this morning. Okay, so to make room for that, we gave you another handout this week, another two-sided handout about Sabbath. On one side, there are some FAQs, some frequently asked questions about Sabbath, because it does stir up a lot of what I feel good conversation. So as you look over this list, maybe one of these questions speaks to your heart. But maybe you got a question of your own. So what I like to do, we've got a mic. My brother Jason's going to be an awesome runner. So if you could just wait, let him get to you so you can, we can hear your question because what you might be thinking is what someone else might be holding. All right. So is there any questions about Sabbath as you have listened over the past week? Any questions about Sabbath? Any of these FAQs help you to form that question in your mind? Oh, we got one here. My brother Adam. What's up, Big Papa? Good to see you, man. Well, Jason, he's going to get you a mic, brother, so we can hear you. How do I cease the, from the work of parenting? <laughs> Spoken by a new dad. All right, I hear you, man. That's a good question. Let me tell you the good news and the, and the real news. I won't call it bad news. <laughs> The real news is we really never cease from, <laughs> from being parents and shepherds. At the same time, 
With Sabbath, God has given us a creative opportunity to include your family in Sabbath and find creative ways, depending on the season of life, the age of your children, the temperament of your kids. For a good Sabbath to happen, we found as a family that it meant some planning ahead so that while you may still have to change diapers, we started this one Sabbath uh, tradition called <clears throat> FENFO, F-E-N-F-O apostrophe, FENFO. It's the Ebonic abbreviation for fin for yourself. <laughs> so when our kids got to a certain age, Adam, we were able to, my wife, what made Sabbath for her real was to not have to cook on our Sabbath day. So the day ahead, she would do crock pot meals. All right, the chilies, you know, it's just working it, you know, all the seasons getting, you know. And so when we got home from church, when Sabbath was on a Sunday for us, we get home and she had already prepared so we can come and just enjoy the food. But as they got older, we said, you know what? They can do it themselves. Mom's not cooking. You need to fend for yourself. So it takes communication, some good planning ahead, and a lot of goodwill in a family. Good question, brother. Anybody else? A question. I see your hand. Esther? Esther, is that one right here? You can almost shout it, but, you know, we just get a mic. Okay. So <laughs> my question is that I understand that Sabbath isn't just like, oh, we read the Bible all day, which is what I assumed was how it went before. Right. But then it's like, how do you make sure that's God-centered without reading the Bible all day? You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good question. Anybody else felt that kind of tension or question? Yeah, that's a good one, Esther. Well, what's helped me to guide my Sabbath are four what I call rhythms of Sabbath, right? Stopping, resting, delighting, and contemplation. Now, Sabbath is a day, a holy day set aside from the other six. What makes it holy is that it's distinct from the other six days where I stop from all my paid and unpaid work, I rest, I find what's replenishing for my body and my spirit and my mind, and maybe taking a nap. I delight, I delight. I accept God's invitation to join in the celebration of the everyday. I'm looking for the miracles that sometimes I don't see because I'm so busy working. I slow down to smell a flower to look up at the sky and see stars and find joy and delight just like God did. And the contemplation is almost like an extension of the delight. In the contemplation, I'm seeking the invisible in the visible. Did you catch that? I'm seeking the invisible in the visible. I'm looking at all around me, my children, and I'm seeing the joy that, 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 that they are, 
the gift that they are. So like Lauren said last week, how she would get on the floor and play with her daughter. That's when she was in her nice Sabbath rhythm. Suspend all the kind of grown-up stuff and remember what it's like to be a child of God. So it doesn't mean reading your Bible and praying for 24 hours a day. And if you haven't, oh my gosh, I didn't Sabbath. No, that wasn't the point. The point is to see the invisible in the visible. That was, that's what makes it this holy day set apart. Now, you might have to make a list. That's what I had to do as a starter for this thing. All right, make a list of the things that I need to stop. What's the paid and unpaid work that I need to stop? This stopping reminds us that we're not God, that there is one God, sovereign, omnipotent, omniscient, and it's not me. And stopping for those 24 hours from that paid and unpaid work is a reminder, it's a protection for me to do that. What's replenishing for you? What brings delight? Make your list. This was some great time for us in our home group, right? I passed out some paper, and I asked them to draw, and someone said, you know, that's not going to happen. Um, so you can write. Make your list. Whatever flows with you of what really replenishes you. That help, Esther? Okay. Yes, ma'am. Sister Irene, right here in the back. Oh, so the way you describe Sabbath, stop, rest, delight, and contemplate. Yes, ma'am. I feel like if I only did that one day a week, it would not be enough. Mm. So I would like to be able to do that maybe three times a week, yeah. um, just to be sane. I don't think six days I can be sane <laughs> without <laughs> doing any of these things. Yes, ma'am. Uh -huh. um, so how would you differentiate taking an hour, different days of the week versus a 24-hour chunk of time? Beautiful question, Irene. Anybody else can resonate with that question? Did you get where she's going? Okay. Well, that's where this other gift that I like for us to look at, okay? Um, let me first define Sabbath, okay, to be clear. We've got a slide for that one. Um, what is Sabbath? Okay, the next one. What is Sabbath? Oh, I'm sorry, go back. I'm sorry, I, I, I missed that one. Sorry. The practice of Sabbath, it is a theology and a spiritual formation discipline that's based on the fourth commandment. It's observed one distinct day out of the week over a 24 unhurried period of time. Yes, amen, unhurried. That's a Sabbath. Now, there's what I found to be a mini-Sabbath. If you go to the slide that says, what is the daily office? 
The daily office and Sabbath are these two gifts from God to us as his beloved children. These two gifts are what I've found to be ropes of hope to keep me anchored to the love of God. So I'm here in the Bay now. My family and I came here just over a year and a half ago. But we spent most of our family time in the Midwest. Yes, Chicago and Minneapolis. During my time in the uh, North Midwest, the frozen tundra of Minnesota, I learned a lot of stuff about snow, blizzards, and snow plows. I got a whole assortment of shovels and gloves. But there was a story that I read from Parker Palmer, Christian author who specializes in spiritual formation and community. He writes in a, in a book called Hidden Wholeness about the blizzards of the Midwest and how farmers had this understanding about how to prepare for a blizzard. What they would do is take a rope and attach the rope to the barn, well, I'm sorry, first to the house, and then stretch it out to the barn. This was to help them when the blizzards came to have something to grip this rope to lead them safely back home because these blizzards were dangerous. Whiteout blizzards where you couldn't even see your hands in front of your face. So if you lost grip of that rope, you find yourself confused, disoriented, not knowing where you are. Many would freeze to death. And they would find these farmers dead just feet from their house. They had to have a rope. I would say to that that my journey... 20 plus years in ministry as a father, husband, I found myself in my share of blizzards, these storms of life that come upon you. And then you throw in some unexpected crisis and you're in a real storm. But God has given us ropes of hope that I found to be Sabbath and the daily office. Now, the daily office is a mini-Sabbath that centers on intentionally stopping several times throughout the day in order to practice being present with God. So, Sister Irene, you are right that trying to wait for one day out of a week when you got that kind of week, you know that kind of week, when things just happen unexpectedly or even on top of that, you're just responsibilities of being a husband, a father, a student, a good friend. It's just too much. And so for me, I found this daily office. Now, this is an ancient practice like Sabbath that dates back thousands of years for the church. Its origins are where monks would take, well, even goes back to biblical times. Daniel would have fixed hours of prayer. Remember the story of Daniel? All right, in this foreign land, he would go and he would pray to God six times or so out of his day. It's a Jewish tradition. And it was because of that, these, you know, sly men, 
you know, knew that, oh, he's praying to a different God. So we'll, they, they tricked the king in making a decree that no one can pray to any other God but you, king, because you're the man. <laughs> Knowing that Daniel was not going to stop praying and spending time with his God. And they used that to frame him. And that tradition has been passed down to other Jewish people and to God's people as a way for us to stop. And there are, I found four rhythms for the daily office. A good daily office is, is stopping, centering, silence, and scripture. Now, the daily office has different names and flavors. Many might know of it as the divine office, Lexio Divina, the liturgy of the hours. All of these are centered around stopping to be with God and allowing scripture to just wash over your soul, remind you of the truth of who you are, who is God, that my children are not my enemy, they're not interruptions in my life. No, no, they're gifts from you, God. My husband is not the test that I pray for. No. My roommate is, wasn't sent on a special assignment to, no. Because your day is flowing. So I found for me having at least two times out of my day to stop. You see, Many of us were discipled with the tradition of quiet time and devotions, right? You be with God, usually in the morning before your day starts, or in the evening after your day has beat you up. I found for myself I would do that, right? I got, I got on fire for the Lord. I'm having my time with the Lord, and I'm just getting filled up filled up. I'm ready for the day. But I found myself by lunchtime. Hmm. Oh, really? And oh, man, by the time I got home after that commute from Wheaton back to the city. Oh, man, my kids look at me and my wife like, are you even a Christian? What's wrong with you? Because we get filled up, but our brokenness causes us to leak. And so this idea of devotion and quiet time, ah, this idea of centering, not just to get something to do something, but rather centering to be with someone, to be in the presence of God. And like Sister Irene, I, got, I can't do that just once. It's got to be for me. Throughout the day, on a beautiful flow day, I get three, where I'll have my morning time, something in the afternoon or before I leave to go home, and then in the evening as I finish my day and I get a good shower and I just let that just wash off me, confession, all of that, daily office, got a hand. Irene, did it help out? Is that helpful? What's up, Devon? Is it Michael? Uh, um, Pastor Dante, a question that I had, and I think you 
probably already answered in your own way, but just to get more of a direct answer from you, is how do you, uh, when you do have your time of Sabbath, how do you effectively deal with, you know, people who might, who are, have already identified themselves as non-believers, how do you deal with those people when they're around you in that time? Because I realize when I step out of this church, whether it's getting a free meal somewhere or just getting my hair cut from every, every now and then, I, I realize I'm in this situation where uh, it's really difficult for me to identify with my faith when there are so many people around me that are the total opposite. Yes, sir. I appreciate that, man. That's real. Anybody else can identify with that? You find yourself really maybe feeling alone? I found Sabbath, the daily office, to be helpful reminders of who I am. That my identity is not based on what I do. I'm not a pastor. What? Heresy! <laughs> no, I'm a son of God. And I serve as a pastor. And Sabbath, I got it. So you, if you understand my world, I have to have Sabbath. Because otherwise, my day is filled with all the cares of others. Maybe you as a mom, you, you can feel me on this one. When your day is filled with all the cares of everybody else. But when are you reminded of who you are? That you're a daughter of the king. And you get the joy of serving as a mom, as a spouse. You serve as being a student. And so Sabbath was given to us as a protection for us. Because we are in a world that is not ours. And so this weekly and throughout your day reminder of that truth is something that we've, that the family of God has been doing for centuries, over 3,000 years, these have been rich traditions. And sometimes having that understanding will keep you. For us as a family, this journey began for us out of crashing into the wall of life, and as we laid in the rumbles and all the broken stones around us, as we began to rebuild by God's grace and strength, one of the big rocks that we put in place as a foundation for our identity, for our work, for family, was Sabbath. <laughs> And as we move from there, we're thinking, how in the world do we do all this stuff without Sabbath? Because you'll get a lot done. Don't get me wrong. Working is good. We are created for God's workmanship. Yes, it's good. But Sabbath and work together is the rhythm intended for us. The rhythm, sacred rhythm, not the secular rhythm of work, 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 work. Vacation. That's a secular rhythm. The Sabbath rhythm is work, 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 Sabbath. 
work, 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 sap it. Work, 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 sap it. That's, that's my rhythm, but it could be sacred for those that can get that rhythm. Over the years, I've tried different ways because there's so much room. When you think about those four guiding rhythms to both of those, there's so much room. But there's always this tension when it comes to Sabbath, this tension of extremes. There's one extreme of legalism. Oh, boy, you better do that Sabbath. That's the holy day. This is historical. I mean, God gave the Ten Commandments, and that fourth, the fourth commandment is the longest one, most detailed one. Isn't that interesting? It, in fact, infuses, informs the other nine. But they would add laws to the already commandment to the point where if you didn't stop working, young lady, we'll kill you. Yes. And there was all these rules about what you couldn't do to make sure you weren't using, you know, oil or you didn't walk too far. Legalistic, extreme. And because of that, many have pushed against that to the other extreme, where Sabbath is irrelevant. Come on now, wait, really? <laughs> That's the old people. Olden days. Jesus is our Sabbath. Ha! Right? Right? Yeah. And Jesus came because Sabbath was around in his day. And we read that passage for our call to worship, how Jesus said to the Pharisees when they came with the rules, Jesus, you see them? They're doing stuff. That's not lawful on Sabbath. Aha, you see them? You're like, really, guys? Sabbath was created for us, not us for Sabbath. So he didn't come to do away with Sabbath and say, I'm now your Sabbath. No, he came to restore Sabbath to its original intended purpose, to be this gift from God for his children. So it's not about banging you over the head. If you don't do Sabbath, Pastor Dante is going to ask you what you're doing for your Sabbath. You better have an answer, girl. No. But I would love for you to experience this gift, to get a taste of eternity especially with what you're going through right now. I know what many of you are going through right now. It's a protection, y'all. It's a protection. You see, the primary text, there are two great texts from Scripture that anchor us in Sabbath tradition and theology. Uh, Exodus 20. And then one, Deuteronomy 5. If you've got your Bibles, why don't you turn there with me? Deuteronomy 5. If you don't have a Bible, raise your hand. We'll give you one because we hold dear the authority of Scripture to guide us in the blizzards. You need navigation direction, and Scripture provides that. And then you have this rope of hope, Sabbath in the daily office, to help lead you back safely to home. Well, in Deuteronomy 5, we find, again, Moses coming before the people of God, 
to remind them of these commandments that God gave them back in Exodus. This is a new generation. The ones who got it before have all died off. So in chapter 5, that's on page 86, <laughs> I forgot my Bible. <laughs> Ain't God good. Hey, I should raise my hand. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. <laughs> Page 86. That's what I said, right? Page 86. I have what? We're going to have somebody else read it. Awesome. Who has that passage right now? Who has page 86? Student? All right. Can we get a mic, Jason? Oh, it's the ESV. I'm, we're going to read it out loud. Someone has that? Devon, you read it for us? And verse 12, I'm sorry, beginning at verse 12. Observe the Sabbath day to keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. You or your son or your daughter or your male servant or your female servant or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates, that your male servant and your female servant may rest as well as you. You shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. And the Lord, your God, brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the, Lo the Lord, your God, commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Oh, God bless your word. Fourth commandment. I love verse 15. We've already covered many of the things found in 12 through 14, but in verse 15, we're told the reason why Sabbath is for the Lord and for us. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. You remember Pharaoh? Remember how you had to work 365 days of the year, seven days a week with no break, no vacation. When you tried, he increased the work. You remember Pharaoh? Do you remember your deliverance? Do you remember your redemption? How God saved you, brought you out with an outstretched arm and a mighty hand. Sabbath reminds us that the voices of Pharaoh in us are fake, phony, no authority. Oh, they're real, though. Well, you can hear the voices that you're not good enough. You're not working hard enough. They're looking at you. You're not working enough. You got you to keep working hard enough so that you can have enough money because you know you're, you're, you're too broke. You better work. And just maybe if you work hard enough and you get enough money, you'll be successful enough because you're not successful right now. You're not. Look at it. Look, look at your brother. Remember your brother? See how he's got, you know, <laughs> your big sister. 
You're not enough. You're not thin enough. You're not cute enough. I get that. You're not enough, Pharaoh. I love this phrase a mentor of mine would say. You got Jesus in your heart, but you got your granddaddy in your bones. We got Pharaoh in our bones. And we hear that voice playing on loudspeaker in our heads telling us, Sabbath is a reminder that the voices are not true. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. The daily office, like I said before, is that mini Sabbath that we need throughout our day to remind us of that. I want us to practice a daily office. Over the years, I've used different tools to help me with that. This was my first one. Got this back in 2010. Since then, I've used other tools that I didn't bring. But I want to just do a simple one with you. I mentioned the rhythms of the daily office, they require us to stop, to get centered, silent, and scripture. So what we'll do is that I've prepared some slides of scripture passages that we'll read aloud, and between each reading, we'll take 10 seconds to be silent so that these words of truth can wash over us. The theme of this office is walk in love. What does it mean to walk in love? So I want to invite you now to get in a good position, to sit up straight, and just right now try to just breathe normal. Just normal breathing. And for a minute, we're going to be totally silent just to allow you some space to get centered. You can close your eyes if you like, but you can't read with your eyes closed, so you'll have to open them at some point. But just allow yourself. What I found was a phrase that helped me to center myself. It's, Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Lord Jesus, Son of God, have mercy on me. Let's begin. I'll read the first that says leader, and then you'll respond when it says everyone. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, 
that you also love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. All together now. Above all, keep loving earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Love covers all sins. All together. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also, who is in heaven, may forgive you your trespasses. But love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return. And your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the evil. Together, do not rejoice when your enemy falls, and let not your heart be glad when he stumbles. If possible, so far as it depends on you, Live peaceably with all. All together. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Dear sisters and brothers, let us not love in word or talk, but in deed and in truth. So thank you, God, for your word. Thank you, mighty spirit, author of scripture. Thank you for your power to bring it alive to our hearts, minds, and our spirits 
in our times of need. Guard us, protect us from the fear of not being enough. Remind us of the truth that in you, Jesus, we are enough. Thank you for your love that's so amazing and the many gifts that you've given us as beloved, as redeemed, as chosen. Grant us the humility, the curiosity, and faith to receive. Protect us from those voices within and around us. Lead us home. Oh, hope of God, lead us home to you. This is our preparation for the joyous celebration we'll have in eternity. Oh, grant us a taste even now, we pray. In the name of Jesus, the name above all names, whose name we'll bow before. We pray and ask in the power of the Spirit, amen. I pray that you're able to be curious enough to take a step towards that gift of rest for you, for your family, for the generations to come. It's what sets us apart from the world. It's a true mark of distinction for the children of God. On Sabbath and daily office, we declare to the world that we respond to a higher authority. 